morning. And welcome to the worship services of Grace United Methodist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. We're glad you're here. We are continuing to try to make sure that we get our information out to the congregation about what's going on in the church and the life of the church. If you are not receiving our emails and you'd like to, if you call the church office or let the pastor know, we'll get your email address added to the list and we'll get that information out to you. We welcome also those of you that have joined us online. We know we have a very strong online presence and we Invite you, if you're ever in the neighborhood, to stop by and worship with us. We're, we are at 410 Harborson Boulevard, and we work, welcome all who come to worship the risen Christ. So please come and join us. We will love to have you with us. We have a small group a Sunday school meeting every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. We have classes for the children and for the adults. We also have a small group that meets after church to discuss the pastor's sermon and, and, and other things that have gone on as a reaction to that. So that meets about 11, 11.15 after the service is over. So we invite you to join one of those small groups and come in and learn a little bit more about what's going on with the scripture and the lessons that we picked up during the week. We have a number of things going on over the next couple of weeks in the life of the church. We will be entering into our Lenten season in a week and a half. Our, we will have our traditional pancake supper on on excuse me, Shrove Tuesday, which is next Tuesday, not this upcoming Tuesday, but Tuesday after next, we will have our, our pancake supper for Shrove Tuesday. It will start at 5.30 and will go to about 6.37. Uh, Sharon asked me to announce, I'll, I'll announce it next week and this week, Sharon. Uh, we will have uh, to-go plates for those of you that, that might not be able to stay, but we will begin serving at 5.30. United Methodist men will be helping with that. If you are a member of United Methodist Men and, and you're planning on helping with that, if you'll meet with us right after church for about five minutes, we'll make sure that we have all of our ducks in a row for that Grove Tuesday, Fat Tuesday supper. The next day, we will have our Ash Wednesday service, which will kick off our Lenten season. It will start at 6 o'clock. Uh, we invite you to come to that uh, very, very solemn meeting of the, of the members of the church. Again, it's 6 o'clock on Ash Wednesday, that's next Wednesday, not the upcoming Wednesday. We will have our Ash Wednesday service. As we announced last week, the Blessing Vox has some dire needs. We actually need some financial support for that. If you're interested in, in participating in that ministry, if you'll fill out an envelope and let us know how much money you'd like to donate towards the Blessing Box, we'll make sure that we get that to the buyers for that, for those things, and we'll make sure the Blessing Box continues to be uh, an outreach ministry for Grace United Methodist Church. Also, next Sunday, we will celebrate our Super Bowl, our S-O-U-P-E-R Bowl, which is a tradition here at Grace. There will be receptacles in the narthex that will be decorated with the, the emblems of the two teams, the 49ers and the Chiefs, that are playing in the Super Bowl. And we're inviting the congregation to bring canned goods, non-perishable goods, and vote for the team that you'd like to win by putting your non-perishable non goods in that receptacle that will be in the narthex. We will also have youth and some selected older youth in the, in the uh, narthex with pots and pans, and we're asking for a dollar donation from each family. This, this year, the dollar donations will go towards helping with the blessing box, and, and we're, we'll discuss whether or not how much of the, the non-perishable goods that we collect will go to sharing God's love and some to the blessings box as well. So again, that's next Sunday. If you'll participate in our, in our food and non-perishable food drive, we'd appreciate it. 
Good morning, George. As you came in this morning, you may or may or not have received a, a pocket hug. These were given to us by Ann Shelton. It's just something to keep in your pocket and know that you've been hugged. Uh, if you not, did not pick up one of those on the way in, Alice will have some in the basket in Narthex. Just make sure you get one of these, and maybe they'll bring a smile to your face during the week when you, before you come in next, next Sunday. Are there any other announcements that need to be made this morning? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us prepare our hearts, our minds, and our spirits for worship. You to enter into worship this morning, let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, number 57 in the hymnal.
We say a special word of welcome to the children worshiping with us today, those here in worship uh, in person and those who are worshiping at home uh, as a part of our worship. We're glad to have you. Um, This morning for our children's message, I've brought something. Um, This uh, guy is uh, a flashlight. Um, I'll try not to shine it in anybody's eyes. I don't think it's that bright, but still. Um, But so this is a flashlight. It lives in my garage, and um, it does some extra things. So first extra thing it does is it extends out, and then it's got this little twisty head, so you can kind of point it, you know, you drop a screw, a bolt, whatever. That's why it's in the garage. It's up near where I do projects, when I have to do projects, so I can find stuff. It's also um, got this, and this is not part of the, you don't have to focus on this, but I needed you all to see this, because it's also got this little feature that it's a magnet on the backside. Um, so it sticks in my garage to a tool chest that um, is conveniently located right next to the workbench and a little closet that's behind all of that work stuff in the garage, and there's no light in that closet. So then I had a light that I could use when I needed something out of that closet, right? I could go in there, I could see what I needed, find what I needed, but this is what happened, okay? So I had this flashlight, I set it there on the tool bench, Um, And then uh, a few, um, I don't know how long it took for me to decide to do this, but I had a bag of some hardware that I needed to put somewhere, and so I just hung it on um, on the flashlight on the side of the tool chest, right? You'll see, you'll see how I did that, right? So then what happened is 
Um, the past few times I've gone into the closet, I've wondered, where is my light that I, so I can see what's going on in here? And as I was thinking about the children's sermon today, I realized I was trying to think of a tool that has a primary function that then I use in a secondary way, and that I let the secondary become more important than the primary flashlight that is now just a hardware hanger um, <laughs> in my tool set. And I brought that because in our scripture lesson that we're going to read in a little bit, Jesus tells us what his primary purpose in coming to live among us is. He tells us what his primary purpose is. And then in the story, Mark tells us that despite what that primary purpose was, Jesus gets caught up in some of the secondary side effects of his ministry. So much so that he has to separate himself from some of those secondary side effects so he can get back to the primary purpose. So I want you all to be listening in a little bit for what the primary purpose of Jesus' ministry among us is, the primary purpose of the ministry that he leaves us, and how the secondary sometimes takes over the primary, not just for Jesus or a flashlight, but also for us in our mission and ministry. So I want you all to be listening for that for in just a little while. We won't leave that there just in case it decides to give up holding that thing, and then we've got a nice little crash. Um, but let's pray this morning. Almighty God, we thank you for telling us what our mission is, what our primary purpose is in this world for the ways that you have called us to be about your mission and ministry in the world, the ways that you have showed us what to do and what our responsibility is as your followers. Help us to live into that mission, to live into that call this day and every day. Amen. This morning, uh, as we continue in worship, a reminder that if you have prayer concerns you want to share with the church in our worship service or through our prayer concerns list in the bulletin or through our Thursday prayer email, you can email those to me at pastor at gracecolumbia.org. You can also call or text me during the week so that we can be in prayer uh, during the week. We can um, have a visit if a visit is needed uh, and um, have time together in prayer, not just on Sundays but all throughout the week to be a praying congregation together. And this morning, let's go to God in prayer. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We've failed to be an obedient church. We've not done your will. We've broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. This day, as we come in confession and repentance, we pray especially for the family and friends of Daryl Sweeney. Daryl passed away last Wednesday, and his service was here at Grace on Friday. We pray especially for Joyce 
uh, as she lost her husband. For Margaret Mintz and her family in the death of her son, last Sunday, Margaret is a friend of the Hollingsworths. For Charlene, a friend of the Dolce's in the death of her brother. For Jim and Cindy Goodrich, as Jim's dad was admitted to the hospital this week in Ohio, and Jim and Cindy have traveled to Ohio to be with him. For Steve Webster and for Jody, for George and Helena Fox, for Paul McCravey as he will have surgery on this coming Thursday, for Marlon McPhail as he had a procedure this past Monday, for Mike Simpson as he had a procedure on Tuesday, for Kitty Fashing, for Yvette Herring, for Janice O'Kane, for Darlene Simpson, for Wade Thompson, for Roger and Karen Bryant, for Judith Dolce, for Robert Rieger, for Alan, a friend of the Smokes, for Gator Hudson, a cousin of the Smokes, for Vivian Young, Mark Merritt's older sister as she continues to learn more about her cancer diagnosis, for all the members of Grace and their families, for all those on our prayer concerns list, for a return to love, equality, acceptance, and social justice, and for those prayer concerns that go unspoken on our hearts this day. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Let's pray as Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. With the bulk of our choir traveling for various reasons this morning, I decided to give them a Sunday off, and so I will be singing the anthem today, and I will be singing Lord, Show the Way by J.S. Bach.
Those who are able, please stand for the reading of the scripture lesson. Morning. I'll be reading from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, as the sun set, they brought to him all who were sick and possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while well, it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. You may be seated. 
So as we've heard over the last few weeks, as we've entered into Mark's gospel in the first, just the very first chapter, uh, we've seen that Mark's gospel drives us towards Jesus with pretty much everything that Mark puts in it. The account of his baptism, calling the first four disciples, and his first public act of ministry all focus all of the attention on Jesus, his person, his authority, his teaching. So when Jesus point blank tells us what he came to do, we should probably perk up and pay attention. When Mark puts that statement on Jesus' lips, we should have all of the bells and alarms going off. (laughs) Because so far, Mark has told the story so that everything points and centers Jesus. He doesn't start with the birth narrative. He's like, no, there's too much Mary and Joseph, wise men, you know, shepherds. He's like, we don't need any of that. We're just going to jump right in to here's Jesus, uh, and he's coming to be baptized by John, and the heavens opened, And the dove came down, the spirit, and the voice echoed, and then Jesus was in ministry. (laughs) It's it's just that quick. Then Jesus was in ministry. Then Jesus was proclaiming the good news, and he saw the first four disciples, and he calls them. And and now he's called them, and then he's in ministry in Capernaum in the synagogue, and he preaches with authority, and everybody sees his authority, but they wonder where the authority comes from. And so he casts out an unclean spirit that confronts him in the synagogue, and they're still overwhelmed with his authority. And then, now, Jesus is at Peter's house. That's where we are in the story. It's just that quick. He's at Peter's house, and there's more opportunity to heal Peter's mother-in-law. And then all the city of Capernaum that now wants Jesus to heal their afflictions. But what Jesus says in our passage is that he came to proclaim the message of the kingdom of God. That's what we first hear about Jesus after his baptism and tempting, that he was proclaiming the good news, that the kingdom of God has come near. It's the first part of the passage in the synagogue in Capernaum that he taught them about the kingdom with conviction and authority, that he taught them about what God was doing with authority. And now in our passage today, he says that proclaiming the message is what he came out to do. The irony of the passage is that Jesus has to say this statement because the side effects of his proclamation begin to crowd out his ability to do what he came to do. Not that the side effects were bad. In fact, they were quite good things. But as Jesus starts proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near, as he's delivering this message to the people in 
Capernaum and Galilee, he's presented with more and more opportunities to heal people from illness. As he demonstrates the authority with which he delivers the word of God, more and more unclean spirits, more and more illness and brokenness bubbles up to be healed in his presence. Until finally, he is surrounded by all the needs of broken humanity in the region. But the healings were secondary to the proclamation. The signs and wonders, the miracles, were secondary to the proclamation. And so after a night filled with healing all that he could manage to see, Jesus goes out in the early morning to be by himself and pray. And when his disciples finally find him to tell him of all the new people who have showed up looking for them to heal what was broken in them, or for them. At that point, he discloses that being a healer, a miracle worker, is not what he came into public ministry to do. It's not why he was there. What he came to do was proclaim the message of the kingdom of God. And so he tells the disciples, from here we're not going back to Capernaum. <laughs> we're going out to the towns and villages in Galilee so that we can proclaim the message there because that's what I came out to do. To proclaim the message that the kingdom of God has come near. And the evidence that the kingdom of God has come near is the healing that happens as we go. But it's not the reason we go. We go to tell the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. And if Jesus is so clear about what his purpose was, proclaiming the message of the kingdom then shouldn't we who are his body take up that same primary purpose? To proclaim that in Christ the kingdom of God has come near. That in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, that the kingdom of God has come near and is coming nearer and nearer every day through the power of the Holy Spirit at work through us in the world. I think that we often tell ourselves that we are proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near, but really we sometimes get distracted and we focus on the side effect we most hope will happen from that proclamation. We tell ourselves we've made it primary to tell the good news of the story of Jesus, but in the back of my minds, we're going, well, I really hope that by doing this, so-and-so thing's going to happen in my life or in the life of the church. We focus on getting into heaven, on getting people to come to church, 
on starting new ministries and missions that meet real needs in the world, on being more generous, on kindness and compassion and biblical knowledge. And all of those are very good things. They're all tremendously important things for the church to do. But they are all secondary to the primary purpose that Jesus gives us of proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. They're all side effects of our primary purpose as the church. And when we focus in on doing those things, on having them be the reason that we do what we do, the proclamation suffers. We get so focused on the side effect, whatever that might be in us, for us, that we forget to do the actual proclamation. The proclamation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified and raised. It brings us back to a place of focusing on our motivations, our purpose. Because if we proclaim the message of Jesus and people hear it, if we focus on telling the good news that the kingdom of God has come near and what that means for the world and for individuals, if we give everything we have to telling the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ and people hear it and believe in him and never darken the doors of our church or put a dollar in the offering plate or participate in any way with what we do here at Grace, we will have fulfilled our purpose as the body of Christ in this place and in this time. And that reality is hard for us to reconcile. That we may be devoted to the purpose that God has given us. To the mission that God has laid in our life. To know Jesus and make him known to others. Right? That lines up pretty good with what Jesus says we're supposed to be about to proclaim the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. But if we do that, and we give everything we have to it, and still nobody comes, and we don't get to have the follow-up, and we don't get to know how the impact was made, but if, it, if we do it, then we have fulfilled the purpose that God has given us to do. And until we can be okay with that, not just okay with it, but on board with it, until we're sold out to it, until that, that piece of this mission, until, until that level of, of uh, ascent with what Jesus is doing, of, of being on board with how Jesus is calling us, until we are there in our hearts and our, our minds, we will still have to fight the temptation not to be distracted by the side effects, by the secondary. But I believe 
with all that I have and all that I am, that if we will make the proclamation primary, if we will tell the story of the good news of Jesus Christ as it is in Scripture and as it has been written in our lives, if we will tell what God has done through us here at Grace, if we will tell what God has done with us and in us in our personal lives, if we will make the proclamation of the good news that the kingdom of God has come near primary, the side effects will happen naturally and as they are supposed to. Whatever they might be, for us and for our community, for our world, God will take care of the rest if we will step into what He has told us is most important. God will do it. And here's the thing about the primary proclamation. God's going to do that too, with or without us. But that's the part we're invited into. That's the part we're invited to worry about. The rest of it is up to God. How it impacts people. How it changes and transforms them. How it transforms the world. That's God. And God invites us to go out and tell people about how we've seen it. How we've known it. How our life has been written into the story of Scripture. Of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And here at Grace, we're we're on the way. Because for how many years now? Y'all have been saying at the end of every worship service. Our mission at Grace is to know Jesus and to make him known to others. We know what we're supposed to do. We know what our primary purpose is. And over and over again, we got to remind ourselves when we step out those doors, when we go back into the world on Sunday afternoon and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and even Saturday, to hold that proclamation as the most important thing. Let us pray. Almighty God, help us to live our mission Help us to live our purpose as your people, as disciples of Jesus, as those who have learned what the message is and its power, its importance. As those who have seen more than glimpses of the kingdom and want others to find it as well. Send us into the world this day and every day ready to tell the good news that your kingdom is near. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to stand now and join with me as we affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed number 881 in the hymnal, and it will be on the screen. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Those who are uh, particularly observant this morning will notice that we have an omission from the bulletin. Um, we're going to have communion today, uh, and so we're going to sing both of our hymns during um, our time of communion together. Uh, so you can look forward to both of those uh, hymns during um, during communion. But we're skipping over the uh, or we're moving that first one uh, to a little bit later in the service. So this morning, as we prepare to give back to God out of all that God has so graciously given to us, a reminder of the giving options here at Grace, you can give online at our website, gracecolumbia.org. There are links to the giving page there. And from the giving page, you can set up an account or give as a guest. You can make a one-time gift either of those ways. Um, And uh, as an account holder, you can also set up a recurring gift um, so that how you want to give happens on the schedule that you want it to happen on. You can set a start date and an end date, um, as well as the frequency of how you want your giving to occur. Um, If you brought your offering with you this morning um, and didn't have a chance to place it in the offering plate as you arrived, you're invited to do so as you depart from worship today. You can mail your offering to the church or drop it by the church office during office hours or after office hours. Um, And if it's after office hours, just place it in the mailbox outside. Uh, When mailing your offering or if you're dropping off after when there's nobody in the office, please just send um, me and the office email address an email so that we can be sure to check that as quickly as possible and not leave it in the mailbox for any length of time. Um, This morning... Uh, I'm gonna, I want us to, to just celebrate and acknowledge um, somebody who has, works behind the scenes here at Grace that some of y'all may not have met or don't really know yet. Um, her name is Sherry, uh, and Sherry um, has worked in with her husband, Mike, um, in our AV and web ministry. Um, Sherry designed our new website design. She put together the templates for our new daily emails. She's done a lot of work that way and also works uh, to, with Mike and Clay on making sure that we broadcast um, to all the places that we live stream and, and that all of that comes together and works the way it's supposed to work. And I'm bringing up Sherry today because it's her birthday. 
Um, and we wouldn't know that yet because it's not in our records, but uh, it is her birthday. So we were going to say happy birthday. Uh, just say happy birthday. I'm not going to lead you all in singing. I'm not as brave as Sam um, in that regard. But um, it is Sherry's birthday, and uh, we say happy birthday to her. She's up behind the behind the glass, um, and so if you do manage to see her this morning, uh, just tell her happy birthday. Um, and let's go to God in prayer this morning. Almighty God, giver of every good and perfect gift, teach us to render to you all that we have and all that we are, that we may praise you not with our lips only, but with our whole lives, turning the duties, the sorrows, and the joys of all our days into a living sacrifice to you, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning as we come to the table, as we prepare to receive uh, the communion that is offered to us, the presence of Christ made available to us in our Lord's Supper, uh, we're going to be using number 17 in the hymnal and doing the sung responses. They'll be on the screen as well, and I invite you uh, now to the great thing, into the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. 
delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Reminder this day and an invitation that this is God's table. It's not Grace's table. It's not a United Methodist table. Um, it is God's table. And all who have prepared their hearts uh, in confession and repentance, who are at peace with God, and their brothers and sisters are invited to the table to partake. Uh, and to receive the presence of Christ made available to us in this holy mystery. And so, whether or not you're a member here, whether or not you're a member anywhere, you are invited to the table if you feel ready to come to the table this day. Uh, we are going to be continuing to take uh, communion by intinction. So I'll break off a piece of bread um, and offer it to you and say this is the body of Christ broken for you. You can receive the bread and say thanks be to God, praise be to God, amen. You can say nothing at all, um, whatever feels appropriate to you in the moment uh, and at this moment. And then you'll move to the communion stored with the cup. There'll be one on either side of me this day. Um, and they'll offer you the cup and say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And you can dip the bread in the cup, say, thanks be to God, praise be to God, amen, nothing at all, uh, wherever your heart is this day. And then dine with Christ uh, and celebrate the presence that is made available to us. And then you can take time up here at the altar um, in prayer. You can take time in your seats at pr in prayer. Uh, we'll also be singing the hymns once um, Mark and Cece have um, taken communion. And so you can join in the singing as you're coming, as you've received. Uh, and um, we'll sit in the presence uh, together uh, as we take communion this day.
the body of Christ broken for you. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you.
Our mission at Grace is and to make him known to others. Please stand. Go forth in peace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you. 